Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Decatur City Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, we would love it if you would take just a moment to download the Decatur City Church app where you can find access to all of our recent message content. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. But most importantly, I hope you enjoy the following presentation and I hope it inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. We're going to uh, continue with our series, actually week three of uh, our series, Prodigals. And this series has really been all about how do you and I, how do we get back on track regardless of what we're facing in life? And kind of the general kind of theme, big idea uh, throughout these last couple of weeks has been we all face or have experience or perhaps even today uh, might find ourselves in situations where you might have thought at some point, maybe this particular phrase, like if I knew what I knew today, like if I knew what I knew like today from where I'm at, I would have made perhaps a, a different decision. And, uh, you know, I told you guys kind of week one, uh, which I've, I've still not got over it, is, you know, back in 2009, I had 50 shares of Apple stock. Um, and I just, I've stopped checking the price. It just keeps going up and up. And I sometimes kind of think about there's always been kind of various moments in my life uh, where if I knew what I knew kind of then, like I would have I would have done it completely differently. And I think we all kind of face those various circumstances. In fact, uh, one of the, the things that I've been hoping to do for at least the last couple of weeks, I mean, sometimes when you're kind of teaching, you're always trying to kind of figure out, you know, a particular way to illustrate truth. And so one of the things that I've been thinking about for these last couple of weeks is I've often desired in my life that I wish I had kind of a, a Dr. Samuel Beckett in my life. Uh, our production team is going to throw uh, a picture on screen. Here's a question perhaps for some of you millennials. Does anybody remember this, this show? This show, shout it out, count of three, one, two, three. Quantum Leap. Wasn't that an amazing show? Like, it was it. Actually, everybody, everybody got it. Like, it was, it was this amazing show where uh, there was this uh, scientist. His name's Dr. Samuel Beckett. Here's kind of a question. Actually, a little bit of trivia. I actually kind of got to hear. What was Dr. Samuel Beckett's, his trying to trust the assistant's name? Okay, so we have Samuel Beckett. What was his assistant's name? Anybody know? Nobody? Who said it? You said Al? Al? Come on. Come, hey, come up here. Uh, Crystal, we are going to gift you Quantum Leap. Here you go, bro. The entire series in, in, in DVD. See, everybody else was afraid to... There you go. Y'all give it up for him. But I love that series because when you thought about that series, you're going to be the man on the way home, all right? <laughs> but I love that series because when I thought about that series, what was so cool is, you know, Dr. Samuel Beckett, again, he was kind of a guy who's a scientist who's kind of dealing in time travel, and he would kind of leap back and forth in the various people's lives. And when he would leap into somebody's life, he kind of had this assignment with his sidekick to kind of figure out whatever the issue, the challenge was. And then whenever they figured out the problem, like Sam would kind of leap and his hope, you know, in the particular stories, like he always hoped that he would like leap back home, but invariably he kind of leaped back into somebody's life. And, uh, you know, that, that was kind of, that was kind of the, the point of the particular story. I, one of the things that I actually thought about this week is unfortunately it's completely fiction. I mean, it, it's, it's a great, great story, great series, 
But one of the kind of key points that we've made throughout this series is when we find ourselves in season of life, we're kind of facing unexpected circumstances. We need more than just sometimes just to kind of hold out hope that they change. We actually need to make a certain set of decisions that kind of help move us from where we are to where we really, really desire to be. And so uh, at this point, unless you know, anybody can tell me differently because we don't have a Dr. Samuel Beckett, we've got to make sure that we have kind of a plan in life uh, so that we're able to get to where God has us to be. And so in fact, on the first couple of weeks of the series, like here's just a little bit of a kind of a recap. First thing that kind of came in my mind, I'll, you know, think about college days, like cliff notes. So I'm gonna give you kind of a cliff note version of what we went over the first couple of weeks. Week one, uh, we talked about, again, how do you get back on track when, regardless of what you're facing? Week one was really kind of this big idea is that where you are is not who you are. Where you are is not who you are. So again, we kind of think about this parable that Jesus tell in Luke chapter 15. Uh, the younger brother finds himself in an unexpected place, kind of dealing with things that he would have, if he was writing his own story, he would not have wrote this in. And, and we all at the same time, like we find ourselves sometimes kind of dealing with things in our lives Man, that we, would, we wouldn't have guessed. Like if we had to write our own story, we would have not have written in the financial challenge. We would not have written in the relational issue. We would not have written in, man, the job loss. But, but we often kind of find ourselves there. And the reminder that we had week one was, was just, especially kind of like in Christ, where you are is not who you are. And, and this, this kind of consistent reminder that what God often does in those unexpected seasons is that he uses those seasons for our growth and our development to shape us, to, to help us to see more about who he is and, and to help kind of refine us. And then week two, we talked about the importance of like where you start uh, is, is not where you finish and that it's possible to sometimes find ourselves in the wrong place. But this kind of principle that we teased out a little bit last week was that when you can, you can uh, is, is that you are always able to start to, when you start strong, you can end strong. All right. So we talk about just the importance of it's, no, it's, it's not where you start, but it's how you finish. And, and one of the kind of the key points that we tied in for that, for that particular week was just realizing that a relationship with Jesus allows us to finish strong. Uh, our, our belief, our confidence in who Jesus is and what he's done for us, our, our confidence, our faith in his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, uh, it, it allows us to be reminded that, that my strength and my ability to finish strong has nothing to do with my own efforts. And, and, and this week, uh, here's uh, kind of the, this kind of third big theme that we're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, and I'm going to kind of summarize it, perhaps for some of you guys that might be here taking notes. I'm going to summarize kind of the, the big theme as we're kind of thinking about what does it take to get back on track and to stay on track is I want to encourage you, don't miss the party. Some people say, don't miss the party. For a lot of you all today, perhaps, man, after maybe this session, a few hours, you might kind of head to a party. It might be a Super Bowl party, a uh, Taylor Swift party. Actually, I only got a few emails last week. I messed up. Taylor Swift's brother's name was not Robert. It's Austin. I got 17 emails about, about that last week. And so for some of you all, y'all going to head to a party. And, and, but generally what I do, whether I'm headed to a party or I'm leaving the house, here's kind of a, a particular rhythm that I usually have is I do kind of a, a cell phone keys and wallet check. I feel like if I get out the house and I have my cell phone keys in my wallet, even if I've forgotten something, I, I'm able to kind of get, you know, to, to figure out whatever I need to do when I'm outside of the house. And so, so this morning, man, as we're kind of wrapping up this series, what I really hope that kind of the next few moments that we spend will feel a little bit like a cell phone keys and wallet check for us. 
Because at this particular point in the story, what we see is, again, Jesus is telling this particular story. And what Jesus is trying to do, he's trying to communicate uh, to those who are wondering, like, why is he hanging out with people, tax collectors and sinners, uh, people uh, that are far from Jesus or far from God? And Jesus begins to tell this story because he wants to illustrate to this, this diverse crowd, here's his priority number one. His priority number one is seeking and saving the lost, helping those who are off track in any area of their life to get back on track again. So as Jesus begins to kind of tell this particular story, that theme that we're going to look at is is don't miss the party. But but most specifically, here's what I want to do as I kind of tease out don't miss the party, is I want to give us kind of three ways that we can grow in our relationship with God and our love for others. So don't miss the party. Three ways that you and I can grow in our love for God, our love for God, our relationship with God, and our love for others. And we're going to take some lessons from the father's relationship with the older brother. Actually, real quick in here, how many oldest, like you are the oldest in your family unit? Raise your hand real quick so I can see you. Okay, these are people like to be in control. Okay, me too. All right, me too. I'm the oldest. All right. And so I'm going to need a little bit of help, all right, from the oldest, uh, oldest siblings today. When it gets a little bit quiet, okay, raise your hand if you're the youngest sibling in here. The youngest, okay. All right, okay. So you want the attention, all right? You're struggling a little bit, all right? So I'm going to need a little bit of help uh, from the older, the older siblings today because it's going to be a little tight on, on the older sibling. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump in Luke 15 chapter. We're going to look at verses 25 uh, through 27. It says, meanwhile, says the older. Somebody said the older. The older. The older son was in a field. All right. Again, oldest siblings. Now we like control. We like kind of clear boundaries. We like to be in, in charge. It says that the oldest son was in the field. And he says, when he, when, when he came near to the house, he heard music and he heard dancing. Here's the first thought that I had is they had to sure enough been partying. When you hear music and dancing, it just means that, look, there's, there's a party going on. And, here, and this is, here's verse 26. It's classic older sibling behavior. It says, so the oldest brother, the oldest sibling, he calls one of the servants and asks him what's going on. He says, your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he, your younger brother, has come back safe and sound. Here's what, again, I think like older, older brother behavior. If the older brother in the story has been with the father and has never left the father and he hears music and hears celebration, he comes up to the house. Here's what, here's what I just have to imagine is that the older brother actually knows what's going on. Like, like the older brother understands what's going on. The challenge that the older brother has in this particular situation is that he doesn't like what's going on, is that he finds himself out of control. And so as we kind of think about, like, how do we grow in our relationship with God and our love for others? Here's kind of the first point that I want to look at this morning, is that we have to understand the motivation, most specifically the father's motivation. Here's as you have to kind of imagine this story. I mean, we've kind of seen it played over these last few weeks. I mean, this, this is in a time before MySpace, before Twitter, before Instagram, before TikTok. And so as you kind of look at this scene, you have to imagine this first century culture. Uh, there, there is little doubt the reason that the party is taking place. In fact, the, the biggest evidence that we have that we 
they kind of understand the reason that this party is taking place is, is that the servant, the, the person who is working for the father, actually comes out and communicates, here's the reason. He, he, says, he says in verse 27, he says, your brother has come and replied, and your father has killed the fat path. We're about to have some barbecue beef. We're about to eat. But it says in the last part of verse 27, he says that the reason that the father has killed the fatted calf, it says because. This word because means here's the reason for it. Here's the reason for it. It's clear. It's, it's evident. And, and as we have to kind of consider kind of our life today and wherever we are, here's the question that I want us to consider this morning. Is, is the motivation of the father. So the motivation of the father is, is to reach the lost is to connect with the lost, is to reconnect with people uh, who are far from him and to bring them to a place uh, of where they've been reconciled and restored, where, where they see their identity as, as sons or daughters of the king. So here's the question that we have to ask this morning is, are you and I motivated by the same things that the father is motivated by? Are, are, we, are we motivated? Because we see here, we see here clearly that the motivation for the party is that the son comes home. I feel like perhaps sometimes the biggest danger that we have in church is that God can be doing extraordinary things. And sometimes the longer that you've been in church is that we can see sometimes the, the extraordinary things that God is doing as ordinary. Um, my wife and I, and our, our entire family, we had six years where we suffered for Jesus living in South Florida. It was hard. Somebody had to do it. The Lord sent us there. All right? We had six years of living in South Florida, and uh, one of the kind of huge benefits of living in Florida is that we were able to get kind of the Disney discount. And so, again, we got six kids, and we're always trying to kind of figure out, man, what are some things that we can do because they're tearing up our house, and we need to have kind of some, some larger spaces for them to hang out in. So we first moved there, it didn't take very long before I remember, you know, Tiff and I kind of talked a little bit about it. We said, hey, man, we want to get season passes because, you know, season pass thing. Once you go twice, you know, y'all know the thing. If you go twice, it, it kind of pays for it. Georgia might be kind of close. I heard that maybe there's kind of a rumor that we'll get that discount. Can anybody confirm that? Dexter, can you confirm that? Okay, you don't know. Okay, he's like, I don't know. All right, but it's just like, but, but here's the thing. I just remember when we were just really, really excited about it. So I remember the first time we took the kids to Disney, it was... We cannot wait to get to Disney. The Magic Kingdom, the rides, um, the food, the weather, like they just couldn't wait. And so what Tiffany and I would do is that every time they had a break, because they enjoyed it, because they loved it, we would schedule a trip to Disney. A lot of breaks in Florida. And so, so every time we would schedule a trip, and, and here's what would happen. It was odd that what happened, uh, the, the more that we went to Disney... It, it went from a place, and again, by the time we had gone on our sixth or seventh time a year, it went from, man, we are so excited to go to Disney, to we're going to Disney again. <laughs> I mean, that was just over the period of time. And one of the, I think, the lessons from that is, is that it's very easy uh, to experience something. And I think especially, again, sometimes the longer that you've been in church, and, and and, and things, extraordinary things that God is doing, we can look at as ordinary. And I think that's what we really see in the older brother's response. The, the, the dad makes a big deal of it because he said, man, man, your son was dead and now he is alive. 
So one of the questions that I wrote here is, is how can we stay inspired? How can we stay inspired to celebrate the things that God is doing in our church, in our world, in our neighborhood, on our street? And, and obviously, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, those of you guys that are on the room, in the room and online, because you're, you're doing it. It's, it's for us to do what we're doing here, like to gather and to be encouraged uh, by the word and to, to be reminded of who we are in spite of of the circumstances that we're experiencing, that we can, that we can gather together, that we can, that we can serve together. As, as you kind of identify some of the gifts that has God has given you, that, that you kind of step out and allow God to use you in the various places in your life uh, to help people take steps towards, towards him. And so as we, again, kind of think a little bit about like, how can you and I grow in our relationship with God and our love for others, the first one is that we've got to, under, we've got to understand God's motivation. Here's number two, and it comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 28 through 30. And it says, again, here's the older brother again. The older brother, he became angry. That's, uh, that never happens with the oldest sibling. He said that he became angry, and here's what happens. Again, and, and he's got some issues. He, he's got some things that he's struggling with, but it says that he became angry. He refused to go in, and so here's what I love here. He says, so his father went out and pleaded with him. So his father went out and pleaded with him, and, and then for the verse, next three verses, he kind of, uh, the, the brother uh, kind of explains all the reasons that he doesn't want to go in the party, and again, this could be a completely separate sermon, but, but you see that the brother very quickly um, at, at recognizing that the younger brother's being celebrated, like he goes from level one to level 10. But, but here's kind of the lesson that I want us to kind of pull out, and here's kind of my second point uh, this, this morning, is not only do we need to understand the motivation, is that we need to understand the message, the Father's message. What allows you and I to grow in our love for God and our love for others is that we've got to understand the Father's message. Uh, if you're here today and you're not a Christian or perhaps you're exploring Christianity or perhaps somebody said, hey, if you come to church with me, I'll treat you to lunch. Man, we are so thankful that you're here. This next kind of section, this next kind of point that I'm going to make has nothing to do with you. Here's what I often feel like one of the challenges that we face in the church. And I think it's illustrated by the older brother. As the older brother uh, hears the father's invitation to come in. But the older brother is still struggling with some stuff that he's dealing with. But so often in life, um, for those of us that are followers of Jesus, here's sometimes the challenging thing that we have. It is that we think that the gospel is good news for people that are far from God. Like if your life is jacked up, if, if, you, can't, if you don't know, you know how to go from your right to your left, like, like, like you're on the extreme. But so often in life, we see the gospel as something as it, it, it has the ability to save, but so often in life, for those of us that are followers of Jesus, we don't believe that the same gospel has the ability to help us persevere. And, and so what I celebrate this morning is when you look at the older brother's interaction with the father, is that the father pursues both of them. He pursues both of them. They've both got issues they both got challenges. They both have unexpected circumstances in their life that they would have not ridden in. But the challenge between the older brother and the younger brother is that the younger brother respond, responds with a repentant step towards his father, and the older brother refuses to go in. In Decatur City Church, as we kind of think about the mission that God has called us to in this community, here's the question that I, that I want us to consider. It is, have you 
believe the good news that, that the gospel is not just something that has the ability to save you. But, but the gospel is also the, the, the power by which God empowers you to live the life that he has called you to live. But to do so, we've got to understand the message. Here's something that I wrote down just in my notes. It says, you've got to remind yourself as often as possible that the gospel is also the means through which you are empowered to live the life that God has called for you to live. It's not just good news to those that are far. It's good news to those of us who are leading small groups, to those of us that are in small groups, to those of us that are serving in Wombaland, to those of us that are serving in transit, to those of us that sing on a stage, to those of us that help to park cars. The gospel is God's means to empower you to do what you cannot do in and of your own strength. So we've got to understand the Father's motivation. We've got to understand uh, we've got to understand the Father's message. And here, here's number three, is that we also have to understand the mission. Somebody say the mission. The mission. Here's how I like to describe what mission is, just kind of a definition, is that mission is the purpose for which a group or, P, or a group of people is sent out. What I love here is we kind of look here, let's look at verse 31 and 32. So again, as we're kind of rounding out this particular story, here's what the Father says. So the Father uh, says to the son, he says, he says, says to the son, he says, uh, you are with me always and everything that I have is yours. When you look up and what's the definition of the word everything in the original language, guess what I found? Everything means everything. It means everything. So the father says to the son in the midst of all the things that he's got going on, in the midst of all the challenges that he's experiencing, in the midst of all the unexpected circumstances that he finds himself, he says to him, he says, all that I have is yours. But because of the issues that the older brother has going on in his heart and his life, he's not able to receive it. But here's what it says in verse 32, and I love the clarity of the father. He says, but we had to celebrate and be glad. We had to. It's the mission. It's the reason that God has so organized. Here's what the church is. It's a collection of people who have submitted to the lordship and the rule and the king and the kingship of Jesus. And here's what God desires to do in our life. He desires to use us to help other people understand who he is. For you to grow in your relationship with God, for you to grow in your love with people, we've got to understand uh, the mission. Uh, this, this week I was just kind of cleaning up around church, and I actually found uh, some things in the lost and found. Saw some things in the lost and found. And Decatur City Church, y'all are, people, we're struggling around here. So as I kind of, kind of pulled out some things out of the lost and found, I mean, there's just a variety of things in here. You know, we had some, I had an umbrella that I found. So again, if it's raining today, and, and here's what I realized. I mean, a lot of these things have been in the lost and found for a, a long period of time. We have um, one of these one of these kind of nice mugs. I mean, this is something that I would, I would see as valuable, but it was kind of in here and it was filled up. Here, here's what was kind of odd is I found, it was a pair of glasses kind of here. So again, somebody's walking around blind. It's in the lost and found. Nobody came to find it. But guess what? After that, I kept digging. It's another pair of glasses. So something, maybe people got, maybe LASIK. Maybe that happened. Maybe somebody got LASIK. Got, got found another pair of glasses here, which is kind of crazy. Um, here's another pair of glasses so parents, after service, if you need to kind of come up, 
there was a, there was a Rubik, Rubik's cube. This was kind of cool. It was a Rubik's cube. But here's kind of the challenge here is that there actually is kind of something missing on the Rubik's cube. So it's like, uh, you know, that, that's, that's kind of crazy. There's just a few other kind of things in here, some contraptions. Uh, let me see if there's anything else that was kind of interesting in here. Uh, it was just another umbrella. I mean, it was just, you know, there's just that. And just some other kind of little tidbits. Oh, little tidbits. And so, so one of the things that I, that I thought about is, I think for, for me, this is, this is a picture of what God does. There are, there are things in here that nobody is looking for. They are, um, I mean, there's just no urgency to, to connect with them. Uh, but, but here's what God does in the gospel. What God does in the gospel is, is he finds those of us, he, he pursues us, he finds us. And so we're kind of represented by all these things. And not only does he, not only does he find us, but, but he kind of takes us when he saves us, he places the Holy Spirit in place inside of us. And here's what, here's what his desire in your life to do. Like, again, y'all look at this Rubik's Cube. This Rubik's Cube is struggling. I mean, there's nothing in the middle. But here's what's so great about what God desires to do is that God desires to use you after he saved you, after he's placed the spirit of Christ inside of you, but to use you and all of your challenges, all of your issues, all of your failures, like all the things sometimes that you try to, try to hide to use you to help somebody else get a picture of who he is. And I, and I, and I thought about that. And, and so when I think about just the importance of understanding the mission, it's realizing that, that where you are, your neighborhood, your, your job, uh, the street that you live on, the family that you're born into, like, like here's what God does. Like, he he kind of takes people and he finds them and, and he delights to use them. And get this, y'all, he delights to use them to help somebody else that you're connected to reconnect with their heavenly father. He never sees you and assumes that you are not valuable. All right, and after service, y'all can come pick up some stuff if you need it, too. Here's, here's just a couple of applications. As, as I kind of land the plane, here's kind of two things that I want you to be thinking about this week. Like, how do we kind of live this out personally? How do we live this out corporately as a church? Uh, here's a kind of a, a saying that I didn't originate it, but I, it's likely something that you've heard around here. It's this kind of this theme of investing and inviting, investing and inviting. Here's the first thing about investing. Who are those, na- who are those people that naturally kind of fall into your relational, your relational uh, circle? Like, like who, are, who are the people that fall into your relational circle? And, and here's what I just simply wrote here was that God has placed you in connection with people that you perhaps are the only service that they'll ever attend. And, and we do a lot of things here that are compelling. We do a lot of things here. We obviously want people that are far from Jesus or are trying to kind of figure things out to be welcome here. But, but I want to encourage some of you uh, that, that he's placed you in places where he wants you to invest, to invest in people relationally. Man, to, to literally, I just, I just wrote just, just to be a friend. And, and then secondly, uh, not only that we would invest, but that we would have a culture, especially as we're kind of entering into uh, the Easter season in the next six weeks, is that we would also invite. And one of the things that I want to encourage you all to do is, is don't be discouraged that if you invite somebody to church and they don't come the first time. Because what's so often happening, and this is one of the things that I've kind of found in my life, is that when you're connected to people who are trying to figure things out or perhaps might be far from God and wanting to get connected, what God is often doing in their life 
is he's working through circumstances in your life so that at times when you're connected with people and, and, and the invitation comes, it's just as, as the Lord is kind of orchestrating events in their life that at some point they'll, they'll respond. But, but what we want you all to know here is that we have created this place to be as easy as possible for you to be able to extend invitations and for you to be able, as you're developing relationships in the spheres of influence where, where God has placed you. So I just want to encourage you that, to avoid discouragement. Here's one of the things that, that Andy has said over, over um, I think, just his years here, is that often when you're thinking about extending invitations, here's kind of three categories that we consider, is that people that are not in church, uh, people that are not doing well, so there's just kind of something that they're struggling with, and also people that are perhaps not prepared for the next season. And, and, and here's my, my prayer uh, as we close it, as we kind of think about just some of the implications of this particular series, is that for those of us that are near, I mean, there's no shadow of, of doubt, man, that you know that you're following Jesus, you know that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. I pray that this series perhaps would awaken you to the realization that where you are is not by accident. And he wants to use you to help draw people unto himself. And all of the things that you do well and all of the things that you struggle with. And then secondly, perhaps if you're in here, I'm just going to pray in a moment. If you're in here today and perhaps you've kind of stumbled in here and throughout these last few weeks, man, you've heard man, this consistent reminder that man, Jesus loves me, that Jesus died in my place, that Jesus rose again. And we want you perhaps today to respond to this invitation to become a son or daughter of the king and for you to know without a shadow of a doubt that you don't have to try to get all of your stuff together. What God delights to do is actually to, is to, is to find people that are lost and to use them uh, for his, his, his glory. How do you and I get on track? How do you and I stay on track? I think the encouragement to us today is to not miss what God is doing. He is actively working in our midst. And my prayer for us is that we would be inspired, that we would remind ourselves that, that there is a standing invitation to be a part of uh, what, our, what our Father and our King uh, is doing in the world. Amen? Let's pray together. Our God and our Father, we bless you and we honor you today. We thank you for who you are and all that you've done. And I'm praying, Lord, uh, that something that was said today uh, would dramatically um, minister very specifically uh, to the lives of those who are in attendance. And I pray perhaps for somebody here today that they've not made a decision to follow Jesus in the quietness of their own heart right now, that they would say, uh, Lord, I, I believe, I trust Jesus that, that you died in my place, that you rose again. And today I want you to be my savior. I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want to be in relationship with you. And Lord, I pray that if they've prayed that in faith, Lord, they would connect here at this church with our guest services team, with somebody on our staff, with me after service. And Lord, that we would be able to help them to take the next steps that they need to get connected to this body and to be all that you have called for them to be. And so, Lord, we just thank you for the reminder that whether we are near or far, the consistent invitation is to come home. And we thank you for that truth. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen.